Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary. Happy Monday. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Uh, it's not technically a fights and football Monday, but that is what we're going to be uh, looking at today as the NFL gave us, uh, I don't think it was a super wildcard weekend. It was a bit of a dud wildcard weekend, uh, but we will go through every team involved in that and then look at some of the storylines we get ready for UFC 297 plus a bit of reaction to what we saw over the weekend from UFC Vegas 84. As always, like this video, subscribe to the channel. Um, obviously, as I, I talked about on one of the shows last week, uh, lost part of my job, so looking to uh, lo looking to grow this thing um, at maybe a bit more rapid pace than I have before. So uh, l let's l let's get that going. Share this video with your friends if you like what I'm doing, uh, or if you just want to say, hey, check this idiot out. Um, Views of you, man. I'll take it. Um, you can also, um, if you're listening to this one, subscribe to the podcast and uh, make sure you leave a review that way. Um, you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at primetimekline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. All right. Lots of football to break down. Let's get into it. Okay, let's uh, work in reverse chronological order. We will start with the Detroit Lions. And how do you not just feel great for the Detroit Lions today? Unless you're a Rams fan. Um, how do you not just absolutely love what happened here for the Lions? Uh, that they had not won a playoff game since 1991, hadn't hosted a game since 1993. And there they were with a uh, victory in hand off to the a uh, NFC divisional round. It is quite the performance from the Detroit Lions, and really just an excellent showing all the way around. This this game could have gone sideways on them a few times, but they came up with big plays at big moments to help solidify this win. That that to me is the story of this. Both sides of the ball came up with, with some big plays, right? Like the and Goff didn't have um, many meltdowns, and that was something that when we were breaking this game down for today's ticket on Friday's show. That was something that we were kind of anticipating, was that this was maybe going to to have a, uh, a bit of a showing, like Jared Goff maybe slips on a banana peel or two in this matchup, and, and off they go, but he never did that. He had one where he tried with the backwards little chest pass to Sam Laporta, but overall... This was a very smart performance. It was a Dan Campbell performance. They went for it on a few things. They they were they were gutsy on a few different calls there, but they they were able to to come away with a, a victory there because of their execution. I think. Um, but one thing they need to do now, in my opinion, they need to make absolute sure that they this wasn't necessarily just their Super Bowl, right? Like that they need to now. Um, they need to now refocus. Like, yes, home playoff game, that was great. Everyone was excited. Everyone loved it. You won. That's great. GM gets the game ball. Dude who's been a season ticket holder since uh, 1957 or whatever is at the game. Everyone's fired up about it. You still got to come out and execute next week, right? Like, no no team's like, yeah, man, you're not hanging a banner for winning the wild card round, right? Um, so now Detroit has to come out and really regain that focus. They're going to see who they play a little bit later on today regain that focus and really see where they can come out. But uh, even if they come out and get boat raced by Philadelphia or Tampa Bay next week, th this is a, a huge win and a gigantic step forward from a franchise who has only been taking step back basically since 1993. On the Rams side, red zone execution comes back to haunt them. A few too many times they had to settle for field goals. Um, and that, that I, I think was the difference in this football game. And you look at it now, I don't think there's any way to frame this season other than just a fantastic year for the LA Rams. Um, and I know I just said, like, for the, the Lions, they don't hang banners for wildcard wins. They certainly don't for wildcard losses. But 
for the Rams, given where expectations were, and everyone was like, yeah, they kind of sold out for that one Super Bowl. Now they're going to have to kind of fall off a little bit. They fell off for one year, they came back, and they were phenomenal. Um, certainly some holes on this team, but not as many as I think people were expecting them to, to have to address. I do think they're going to have some interesting quarterback discussions in a year or two, but Matthew Stafford was still great. Um, but th this is a team that is close. Uh, I, I think quite close. They got a giant monster in their division. But aside from that, this is a team that is right on the cusp, I think, of something pretty special out in L.A. again. And another thing this season did was really reaffirm that uh, Sean McVay's status as one of the best coaches in the National Football League is absolutely deserved. Um, he, he gets that reputation back on just a phenomenal season there with the L.A. Rams. Now... How about them Cowboys? Uh, the Dallas Cowboys with a horrendous showing on Sunday afternoon. They have had some spectacular, heartbreaking playoff losses before. And that is just a, like, basically, they have had a number of coin flip games and it's come up heads when they've called tails every time. This was not that. This was show up and get your ass beat. This was a pathetic performance. Um, didn't even show up. Didn't come close. You can understand a team going out there giving it everything they got, and it's a heartbreaker. But to go out there and just get dummied the way the Cowboys did, embarrassing. Things need to change. Just an awful, awful showing from the, the Dallas Cowboys. And I think the big one, that there's a lot of fingers being pointed at the coach and the quarterback, and we'll get to that in a moment. The big one here is the defense let them down. And for Dan Quinn, who is uh, about to venture off into uh, potentially a bit of a different space, this was... Um, I think an embarrassing showing from the Dallas Cowboys defense and they, they don't get, um, all the headlines because you know, it's Dak and it's, it's whoever, but Dan Quinn's defense was, I think the reason they lost this game, they could not stop the green Bay Packers at all. And yes, we thought coming in Dallas's advantage was going to be over the, like their offense against the green Bay defense. That was going to be where they thrived. And that didn't happen. And so, yeah, you can point fingers there for sure, but they're not down in that spot if that defense shows up in any kind of way. Players were left wide open. Like, there was, it, again, it wasn't just little misses here and there. It was big mental breakdowns from this defense. And so, like, Dan Quinn looking to venture into the coaching world, I don't know if, um, I, that, that's not the great last impression to leave if, if that's where he wants to go. But I don't think that's where the coaching changes end in Dallas. I do believe Mike McCarthy will be gone as the Cowboys head coach. You just, we talked about it before. Anything less than a, a conference finals appearance would have been a gigantic disaster for this team. To not even win a fucking game is a monumental collapse. I do think some of the, this is the worst playoff loss in Cowboys history, might be a bit exaggerated, but it, it certainly, like from a, a vibe standpoint, it certainly has to be up there. And I, I have been steadfast in my belief that Mike McCarthy is a wildly overrated coach and any success he had in Green Bay was um, in spite of him and not because, because of him. He has done a fine job here with this Dallas Cowboys team, but he is not the guy to take them um, to, to, to get them over that hump. Not when there are those big names that are out there. Now, I don't think Bill Belichick is the, the, the savior that everyone thinks he's going to be. Um, I do think that he is the big name that old Jarrah is going to go searching for, but we've talked about it before. This has not been a strong last half decade or so for Bill Belichick. So 
I don't know if that's the one that's just all of a sudden going to be the magic elixir that gets the Dallas Cowboys into the Super Bowl, but that's probably the way that this is all going to go. On the Dak Prescott thing, he was not good enough in this game. No question about it. Um, no excuses. He, he just, he simply was not good enough. And it doesn't look great when he is out there in pressure moments. The one thing I will say, and we did this show earlier in the year, who you're replacing him with. Go ahead, tell me. Like, Kirk Cousins going to come in and take this team to the Super Bowl? Probably not. Garner Minshew going to lead a, a wild comeback for the Dallas Cowboys to, to resurgence. He is he has been the missing piece all along. Joe Flacco uh, leaving Cleveland, going to the, the, the Cowboys. He's going to be the guy. Where is it? Where's the dude out there? Justin Fields? We can have a conversation. Um, I still think Dak's better than Justin Fields, but I'm having that conversation for sure, I guess. Aside from that, you're not going to be in a spot to, unless you trade fucking everybody, um, you're not going to be in a spot to be drafting Caleb Williams or Drake May or Daniels. Do you want to buy into Penix Jr.? Maybe. I might even not. Honestly, the way teams get a little bit thirsty about quarterbacks might not even be in a spot to draft him. So what's, it's fine to say, oh, they don't got the quarterback, go get a different quarterback. Okay. There's a lot of different out there. For sure, there's a lot of different out there. I don't know if there's a lot better out there, to be perfectly frank with you. That leaves you in a tough spot if you're the Cowboys. Like, it is, it is tough to just say, well, I don't know, and just move on from one of the, the most pathetic showings your franchise has ever had. But who who else is out there right now that you can say is better than Dak Prescott? Don't think it exists, man. Really don't think it exists. On the Packers side, um, Jordan Love arrives in this game, and... It is, there was a lot that he executed in that game that you are not teaching kids in quarterback school. Um, a, a lot of the platforms that he's throwing off of, a lot of the footwork and all the blah, 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 wasn't there for him at all. But this was a uh, a, a real like star-making performance for, for Jordan Love. And as we talked about before, there wasn't a ton of resistance on the Dallas Cowboys side, but Jordan Love showed up in a monster way that I, I think Packers fans... I, I obviously are today celebrating because they got another guy with zero transition from Favre to Rodgers to now another dude in Jordan Love. Is he going to be as good as those other two? Odds are probably not because those are two of the best quarterbacks in the history of the league. Hopefully he ends up as a bit more of a normal human being than the other two, but this is such a great, great sign for the Green Bay Packers to, to have this. And it feels like just the offense is figured out because I think part of it, while Jordan Love deserves all of the flowers and the, the young wide receivers deserve all of the flowers, we need to have a talk about how underappreciated Aaron Jones is. That guy, I think, is a lot of the glue that helps hold this offense together with what he was able to do. And they had a bit of a wobble there when he stepped out uh, of the lineup, but they were able to, to bring it back in, again, credit to Jordan Love. But Aaron Jones adds just another dynamic to this offense that made them unstoppable against Dallas. The Cowboys couldn't stop a nosebleed when it came to the run game. And a lot of that, credit to the big boys up front, but a lot of that is Aaron Jones as well. And I think he deserves a lot of credit for the boost that the Packers offense got on Sunday afternoon. Um, so we'll see now, if that defense can carry over to a matchup with San Francisco, I'm still not buying it, what they showed against uh, the, the Cowboys. But I, I don't know where that defense was all season, but it wasn't on the football field. But it's still, excellent, excellent showing for the Green Bay Packers. Saturday night, there isn't a whole lot to take away from it. The, the Chiefs just take care of business, right? Andy we Andy Reid looked like a, a frozen walrus. Uh, Patrick Mahomes did what he needed to do. That defense did what they needed to do, getting after the quarterback time and time again. That's 
basically the extent of the analysis there, folks. I don't know what else to tell you. Um, it looked like a game that sucked to play in and the Chiefs were better. For the Dolphins, we all kind of knew this was going to happen. Where, like, it's cold, it's... It, it like real, real, real cold. Um, and they just simply didn't play well enough in this game. Um, Tua was bad. Tua was really, really, really bad in this one. And same conversation around Tua that we had with Dak. It's one thing to say, go get another guy. Absolutely. Um, I, I think you can hang a lot of this loss on Tua because you look at everything else that they have around him. Who's making this team better? Where where does the improvement come from on this team? No one gets the ball out faster than Tua. Um, maybe you need like a, a deep thrower that's a bit better than Tua, but I like there there just isn't a whole lot right now to um to 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 really hang your hat on from a oh well let's go get that guy at the the quarterback position. I think you got to try to let this kid develop a, a little bit more. But this was this was a bad showing, and they they have to find a next level for this offense. Uh, the, the injuries hurt on the defensive side for sure, but the, the main story of this game is how ineffective they were on the offensive side of the ball. And I don't know if it's protecting Tua more with a little bit more on the offensive line or what it is, or just like, honestly, it's probably just Tua needs to be better. It's tough to hang an entire loss on one kid, but it kind of is Tua just needs to be better because they didn't have a hope in this game given how he was playing. Uh, the weekend started with the Houston Texans boggling my mind and just absolutely throttling the Cleveland Browns. And this was the star-making night for C.J. Stroud that many, or that some maybe thought it was going to be. I didn't. I thought he would have a real tough time with that Browns defense. We'll get to them in a second. But credit to C.J. Stroud. He showed up in this game. A dominant performance from a rookie quarterback for the ages that will be talked about for years and years and years. That is going to be now, I think, the new standard for when you are talking yourself into a rookie quarterback. Like, um, I you can see the ESPN first take headlines now. Caleb Williams, CJ Stroud effect, question mark. Like, this team was supposed to be nothing for a couple of years. And he has come in and completely changed the entire dynamic of this organization around. Credit to him, credit to Miko Ryans as well. That they, they really, really showed up. And credit the defense. That defense showed up as well in a way that we were not expecting. On the Cleveland side, of course the Browns defense plays like garbage a couple weeks after I have finally bought in. Because I was very late to the party on this Cleveland Browns team. But it just, it becomes, it gets to a point where it's like, okay, I fucking get it. These guys are one of the best in the league. Let's, let's accept that and move on. Um, that was a piss poor performance. And you can blame a couple interceptions on Joe Flacco. He's forcing that ball because his defense isn't getting stops. So he has to go out and score in every possession. And then the wheels just kind of fall off. He was bad. Um, but he, I, I think has certainly done enough that if he wants another job next year, he's got it. Not in Cleveland because they got Deshaun Watson, but this this is very similar to what happened to Philadelphia last year in the Super Bowl, where everyone's talking about how great this defense is, and then they kind of get exposed, and they have not recovered since. Now, they had a lot of talent leave in the offseason, but I think you're going to have a lot of talent leave this offseason from the Cleveland Browns. They are going to have to address this, because that is the strength of this team. Deshaun Watson, going to be there for a bit, and he wasn't very good. Um, and so they, like, that this team is going to get as far as this and beyond only if that defense steps up. And on Saturday afternoon, that defense did not step up. Uh, all right, let's get into, um, it is a fight week. UFC 297 taking place from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, in the main event, it is Sean Strickland against Drickus Duplessis. Let's talk about some early storylines heading into that fight. 
The middleweight championship of the world is on the line this weekend at UFC 297 as Sean Strickland defends his championship against Drickus Duplessis in the co-main event. It is Raquel Pennington against Maria Bueno, uh, sorry, Bueno uh, Silva. It is, look, it's not the most stacked card, but it's, th there's a lot of storylines to, to follow with this one. So here are a couple of big stories that I, I think are going to be answered coming up this weekend. The main storyline here is... Will the real Sean Strickland please stand up? Because that performance he had against Israel Adesanya to go out and win the middleweight championship, shock the world, and win the middleweight championship, become the man at 185 pounds, exactly zero people saw that coming. I don't even know if Strickland knew he had that in him. It was an incredible, perfect performance against Israel Adesanya that beat Izzy in a way that has many wondering if he has still got it. Like, that. that is... It was in Izzy's wheelhouse. One of the best to ever do it in that way in the history of the sport. And he was able to come out and beat him at his own game. So now, it is unfair, but it's the fight game. We are answering the question, is this now Sean, who Sean Strickland is? Is he just this brilliant mastermind uh, within the, the striking arts in the, the cage who is now going to be able to chess master his way to victory after victory? Or was that just the best night of his life? I think a lot of that's going to be answered and it's going to be answered in a real unique way because Drickus Duplessis comes in with a real challenging style to, to, to have to figure out. This is not an easy dude to fight. Not in the slightest is this an easy dude to fight. This is going to be a very challenging bout for, for Sean Strickland in new and unique ways. Drickus has a, a real unique style, but it is also extremely violent. He can, like just one shot, can alter completely how a fight goes. And for DDP, there has been a lot of hype around this kid for a while now. And part of it is some of the, the smack talk that, that he has talked. And quite frankly, how uncomfortable it has made a number of people. But he has the skill set and the ability to come out of Saturday night as the middleweight champion. And with all due respect to Sean Strickland, if he comes out, if Strickland wins this fight, then we absolutely have a new dog at 185 pounds. And that itself, sorry, hitting the microphone, that itself creates a number of interesting opportunities for the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Duplessis is a significantly more interesting win if he were to, to pick up the victory on Saturday night. Um, it sets up, a blood feud fight with, with Israel Adesanya for a number of different reasons. Um, I, I think a Hamzat Shamaya fight becomes infinitely more interesting if it's Drickus Duplessis. Um, so I, I just think from a matchmaking standpoint, 2024 will be a baller year in the in the 185 pound division anyway. But I think that this a Duplessis win kind of makes it a bit more fun. But if Sean Strickland does win, then he kind of moves up the fun rankings as well. In the co-main event, the vacant bantamweight championship will find a new home, presumably, as it is Raquel Pennington against uh, Maria Bueno Silva. Um, I think the big challenge for this fight and the big story to watch in this one is will either of these contenders be taken seriously? Because as of right now, you kind of just view it as, well, they got the belt because Nunez is in here. Um, Nunez, who beat the bricks off of Raquel Pennington now five years, now six, almost six years ago. Um, so that's, you know, not really one to be taken seriously. And Silva just isn't a, a huge household name yet. So the, the, the task for them, rightfully or wrongly, is going to be this Saturday to put on 
a, a star-making performance. Uh, we talked about it on the, the NFL breakdown with C.J. Stroud. That This has to be your C.J. Stroud moment. This has to be your uh, kicking the door down and announcing that you have arrived. 48-47 um, scorecards across the board. Ain't gonna do it for either one of them. Th th this is a real opportunity with significant amount of eyeballs on you to come out and put on a star-making show. Um, and for Raquel Pennington, this is, would be such an amazing, I guess, culmination of this next act in her career. I, I had written down second act, probably third act at this point, but to come off of the career-altering beatdown that she had at the man's, uh, hands of Amanda Nunes, um, it, you could have totally understood if that Wikipedia, Wikipedia page was just right after that because it's just uh, sound and thorough ass-kicking that she sat through in, in that fight performance. And to come out of that now and be on the run that she is on to, I would suggest, deservingly get another title shot at 135 pounds is nothing short of miraculous. So this is a real opportunity for her to put the exclamation point on that here on Saturday night. Um, moving on, we had a big fight night card, the first of the year for the UFC at UFC Vegas 84. In the main event, um, it was Ankalaev with the win over Johnny Walker. Fantastic win. Uh, that knockout shows the power that he has, that violent uppercut. I like Johnny Walker has a chin of granite, man, because that, I don't know how his head's still attached, let alone how he was still conscious and somewhat defending himself after that punch. That was about as violent as it gets. But now the question is for Ankalaev, it, it's so funny. Uh, hey, this was one of the best performances of your life. What's next? But that is it. What's next for Ankalaev now? I don't think this gets him to the front of the line for a title shot. Even in the immediacy of everything, he doesn't deserve to jump Jamal Hill, who uh, loses his title based on injury. That, just no. No, a win over Johnny Walker doesn't get you to the front of the line like that. I'm sorry. And quite frankly, if Israel Adesanya wants to come up to 205 pounds and fight Pereira for the, the championship at UFC 300, uh, Walker, uh, sorry, Uncle Laev, well, Walker as well, everyone moves another step back of the line. So the long and short of it is Uncle Laev is probably another fight. Honestly, unfortunately, maybe even two fights away from getting a title opportunity, but he's worked his way into that conversation now. It's going to be a fun week breaking fights down with all of y'all here on Couch Potato Diary. That is just the first bit of what I have planned for a really, really fun fight week. As always, uh, that's going to do it for the show, by the way. As always, thank you all so much for tuning in. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email this show, CouchPotatoDiary at Yahoo.com. The plan for the rest of today is to have instant reaction shows following the Bills win, uh, sorry, what I presumed to be a Bills win over the, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Philadelphia Eagles game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to be doing instant reaction shows for both of those. Uh, and then more big picture things for that coming up on the, the Wednesday program as well. Also on Wednesday, going to look at non-main event fighters for the UFC uh, 297 card that you should get excited about and, and fights that you should be aware of. So we're going to get into that. Uh, Wednesday, we're going to do our Midway Point NHL Awards. On Thursday, back to the fight stuff, we're going to look at um, other big fights that have been announced across the Ultimate Fighting Championship and the, the sport of MMA in general. And then Friday is the big preview, along with the big NFL divisional previews as well. Uh, so a lot of content coming your way. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I will talk to all of you later. <laughs>